0: Genesis see a divine figure appear above a church, and there's photo proof.
1: A man watches a statue of Jesus move before his eyes.
0: Historical figures cultivate themselves to the point of manifesting miraculous powers like levitation.
1: And Socrates, Michelangelo, and mad monks and others share their enlightened wisdom. All of these things are
0: obviously pretty amazing. So do personal stories of miracles reveal the truth that there's more to this universe than what we see with just our eyes?
1: Well, join us, Ben and Rob here from Edge of Wonder, for real real miracle stories and historical tales that will leave you feeling hopeful and inspired. So we'll see you guys out on the edge. And if you're listening to the edge of wonder podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, or elsewhere, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people. And remember to like subscribe,
0: follow, you know, all that stuff. YouTube, rumble, ganjing world, Twitter, anywhere you are, Facebook, even Facebook, which, you know, really only has
1: a smaller and smaller number of people every day on. (laughs) Never mind the 200,000 followers that we have on Facebook. Hello, the five people watching. <laughs> 200,000 followers. Yeah. We actually, for those of you that don't know, we actually do have 200,000 followers on Facebook. And, and no one sees anything we're doing. Nope. So go figure. That's Facebook for you. Uh, no, censorship isn't real.
0: All right. <laughs> All you guys, we, we have like a... a, a a pretty cool show laid out for you guys tonight. All of miracles um, of regular people, um, miracles of all sorts, all and, and sorts. not
1: regular people. Yeah,
0: <laughs> going from the regular to the more divine, you could say.
1: Yeah, that that would be a good way of putting it.
0: And um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a load of fun. Um, yeah, there's
1: some really good stuff in here, and um, we'll we'll definitely have some conversations revolved revolving around what some of these bring up so
2: yeah um, and you know it's uh the holidays
0: are coming up and we figured december january are all really good months to highlight miraculous stories just because you know we need that that hope and um and positivity going into the new year especially uh next year which is going to be a crazy one
1: (laughs) yeah and actually um i could even add to a personal miracle experience with with some of these too so oh, really yeah yeah definitely i don't know if i ever really shared it i just thought i thought of it as i was reading some of these and and uh organizing is it, it The jim, jim jimsters miracle um no it's not that and next to that oh well i was just gonna read that one. Oh, all right can read the next one so okay let's just go into it and then we'll kind of talk about some things so this is jim jimsters miracle this is kind of short this was on reddit and, uh, so on this Reddit form, people are, they were asking if anyone actually experienced a genuine miracle. And so this user, Jim Jimster, he replied, I hit a stopped minivan going about 45 miles an hour in a 97 Honda civic and got out of the car with two little scrapes on my shins and ringing in my ears. I know for a fact that God protected me. Mm. And, uh, we, there's like, I mean, you and I, Rob, we actually know so many people that, got in major car wrecks and should have been like killed. I mean, the cars were like totally destroyed and they were completely fine. So those are always like really, it's like, if that stuff doesn't make you believe, I don't really know what will. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you read this next one? This is also on a Reddit forum. And uh, again, this was kind of a series on these reddits where people were asking about if they had miracles with each other or any yeah, want to share miracles
0: yeah this this one is titled um has God ever granted you a miracle so somebody asked this to a group right so has God ever granted you a miracle or answered your prayer and uh this this user named galaxy uh gal underscore axy replied when I was a child I had a wall decoration above the headboard of my bed I woke up in the morning and was lying in bed drowsy and half asleep. A man's voice clearly told me to roll over, and although I was in my bedroom alone, I immediately rolled over. The decoration fell from the wall and landed on my pillow, where my head had not had been not 20 seconds before. That disembodied voice potentially saved me from serious brain damage or death. I attribute that voice to God or whatever guardians he sets out to protect us. That's crazy. 20 seconds before that or something super heavy from the the wall falls
1: (sighs) ah that is crazy that's really awesome like i said these stories are really cool this this one is this one is probably one of my favorite ones this is uh from this is from a quora actually kathleen cook is her name this is her story She said, I was eight years old, riding the bus home from school. My parents were divorced. My mom had remarried and I was uncomfortable in my own home. I missed my dad who I only saw on weekends on this ride home. I was not talking to anyone. I was in a deep thought. I was thinking about my dead dog, a miniature collie named Rusty. I missed him too, but I didn't want another dog. What I really wanted was a cat, but my new stepdad was allergic to cats. It seemed impossible that I would never have one in my mother's house. That
0: I would ever have
1: one. Oh, that I would ever have one in my mother's house. I had never believed in God, although I deeply respected those who did. I simply could not make myself believe. But I prayed that day. I felt nervous asking God for something as silly as a cat. So I prayed to my dog, Rusty, presumably also in heaven. Rusty, I prayed. I am very sad that you are gone. I would like a new pet to play with. Can you ask God if he can give me a cat? I hope it's not too much trouble. I promise to be good. I prayed that as loudly and clearly as I could a few times just in case he didn't hear me right away. When I got to my stop and left the bus to walk home, I had all but forgotten my prayer. It seemed silly and foolish. No one could really hear my thoughts. When I got home, guess what? My mom said she had a cat. She said I would have to keep it at my dad's house. Her manager couldn't take care of him anymore. So my mom offered to take the cat since she knew I loved them. Ever since that day, I have known the immense power of thoughts and prayer. Yeah, isn't that? Amazing. I still do not believe in the Christian idea of the almighty God in heaven, but I believe in my own God who listens to little girls and gives them cats. And I think they are largely the same. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: Uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing.
1: That is pretty. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit funny, but it's also like, it just shows like the power of prayer. Like, I mean, like, but I, I just find it so so funny that she's like, I don't want to pray, you know, to God asking for a cat. So I'm going to ask my dog in heaven if he can ask God, God if I yeah. can get a cat. <laughs> 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 and lo and behold, it happens. So, uh, yeah, I think it's all about what's in your heart. It's a pretty amazing story. All right, this next one is really cool too.
0: Yeah, this is uh, another Cora uh, um, story here. So this is. Uh, Uh, It's called Anna Marguerite Monty's Miracle. I wouldn't say a miracle, but but a miraculous moment that to this day brings me to tears. In 2010, I was very sick. I have lupus, but it was difficult to get a diagnosis. And in the meantime, I was getting sicker, losing weight and weak as if I were dying. I was hospitalized at 98 pounds because my heart was having trouble and it was feared I would go into cardiac arrest. After three months in the hospital, I was sent home. Many invasive tests left me weaker and even more scared because the results were at best inconclusive. I was in my bathroom one afternoon after being home a couple days. I had a double contrast barium scope, which led to barium being leaked into my body, and I was very sick. I laid on the heated floor of my bathroom and cried. I was alone. I was scared, and I was almost certain I was dying. Sobbing as I was, I still took notice of the sudden ray of beautiful, mellow gold, late sunshine that had burst through the bathroom window and was falling on the very spot which I was laying. I watched the moats dance like silver stardust and I heard something but didn't hear something. The sound of a bell, a large bell, like a church or clock tower. One single note. Then I sensed a voice. You will live. You are not dying. It will get better. Again, I didn't hear the voice. I felt it. At that moment, my anguish lifted and I stopped crying. I knew I was going to be all right. And I literally felt embraced by this ray of sunlight, so warm and so soothing. Then came the waves of sheer gratitude. Unlike any emotion I had ever felt, I started to cry again, but they were tears of joy. I was going to live. Something bigger than I reached out and touched me, told me so. Was it God? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to label the force that took over and calmed me like a mother, like a warm hug, like nothing I'd ever felt before. I will never forget it, and that feeling of gratitude so moving that I can barely speak of it today without crying. It was the most beautiful and miraculous sp- experience of my life. Wow, that's super touching.
1: Yeah, it really is. Uh, that you know that that's happened to me a couple times when you know, like at the end, we always do like a meditation slash prayer. And one time I was yeah. at Whole Foods and it was cloudy. And I just decided to like, I was on, I was working and I was decided, I just decided to uh just really just kind of sit in meditation and really like send righteous thoughts mm-hmm. just in general. And I just started doing it. And it was like the sun just opened up and it just shined right through the window that I was doing it in. And it just like completely lit me up the whole time that I was doing it. And then I, when I stopped, the cl- it, it just went back in the clouds and the clouds all it just became really cloudy again. And right. there was a guy that was eating and he was sitting at a table next to me and he just looked over at me when I finished. And he just says, wow, it's like that just opened up only for you. <laughs> right i was like i don't know i wasn't trying to do that but uh but to me it was like this confirmation of of like you know like we're here for you you know you're doing something good and and i was just wow "Wow." it was was just really powerful and i I was like crying actually because it was just so i wasn't expecting that and then this guy like commenting on it i was like oh well thank you so (laughs) that's really cool (laughs) yeah kind of cool stories here all right, so we have um, this is this is also a little bit more of a on, on the funny side sea glass from uh, Kodiak Island. So I guess there's a special beach on Kodiak Island in Alaska called Glass Beach because it's known for like these glass beads things that are there. Right. So anyway, this is um yeah yeah yeah, like these yes so this is one, written by a, a woman here. And she says, one, uh, one time, Glass Beach delivered not glass, but an answer to my prayer. While trolling for treasures on Glass Beach, I thought about my sister Mara, who had been going through some tough times. Like me, Mara loves to hunt for sea glass. And whenever I visit, we share long walks near the ferry terminal. We don't say much, just wander around piles of driftwood looking for tiny rainbows in the sand. As I walked, I broadcasted this prayer, Dear Father, in my search today, please let me find something special for my sister. I paused a moment and then let it go, trusting the universe and trying to be unattached to the outcome. A few minutes later, I reached the end of the beach where a rocky cliff jutted into the sand. I watched an eagle fly by. As I turned to retrace my steps, I heard, I heard a firm but quiet voice. Stop, look toward the waves, it said. I turned my gaze seaward, and to my amazement, a blue-green marble nudged along by a wave was rolling towards me. The marble came to rest right at my feet. Stunned, I shook my head slowly and laughed out loud what I just witnessed. I always known that with God, all things are possible. But at the beach that day, I learned that God also has a sense of humor. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) That is pretty amazing. It's like kind of small, but in reality, it's just like really, it's one of those just that could like change your whole life.
0: It could.
2: No, exactly.
0: (laughs) That's what's so cool about these. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like these little. Hints that that there's something more than what we experience here in this human world is being like normal, you know? Right. Exactly. Mm. Everything is like, I often think that, you know, like everything is for it's like everything is for a reason. And if you pay really close attention to that and you're and you're open to that, you start seeing evidence of this everywhere. It's like it opens up to you, you know?
1: Yeah. And actually, um, like a personal story, I have with one. It was actually one of my ex girlfriends a long, long time ago, and she she wanted to believe in God and everything, but she really was still not quite sure. And I told her, I was like, "Just pray, ask ask for a sign, and I promise you, like, you'll receive a sign." So she did, and actually, I was at her house, and then I left to go home that night. And so she prayed that night, and then the morning, when she opened up her front door, there was. A necklace um, with a cross on it, just laying right in front of her porch, and she called me immediately. And she's like, "Did you put this on my porch?" And I was like, "No. I, why would I? Like, no, I didn't at all." Didn't, right. and, and she didn't believe me. And she's like, "I was praying for a sign, and then I woke up, and this necklace was just like it was like perfectly laid on her front porch." So she did. She did it again the next night, and she was praying. And when she got in her car there was another necklace inside her car. That's crazy. <laughs> and, and she said the same thing. Like, did you put like, she's like, I'm not even believing this at this point. I'm like, no, but I know for a fact, like I it was just something I was being told, like have her do this and she will get a sign. Right. And she like really became very, like very much a believer after that. So wow. <laughs> kind of a cool story. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like crazy. I'm so full of stories that I I don't remember sometimes until we're like having conversations and it's like, "Oh yeah, this just comes to me. I forgot about that." So, yeah. It was pretty it was a pretty interesting story. Okay, so.
0: so um one of these responses to actually, you know what? What should we just do a trailer now or yeah, let's do a trailer right now and then when we get back we're going to finish up these personal experiences and get into some historical miracles. Sounds good.
1: That's cool with you, Dom. Scrooge has nothing on one Santa who uses his final act to help his Tiny tin. A man catches a glimpse of something
0: greater than himself when he stares in the eyes of a stranger in Grand Central Station.
1: A balloon letter to Santa returns with a miracle attached.
0: A historical truce, the power of righteous thoughts and miraculous escapes from mortal peril leave everyone amazed. Sometimes we have the opportunity to do good things for others, to spread goodwill toward men and treat every day like it's Christmas. At times like these, I like to think that Santa really does exist. And after our research into inspiring, real-life Santa stories and sightings, we think you're gonna believe too when you hear what we found.
1: Join Edge of Wonder for Santa Claus stories, good deeds, and Christmas spirit. All right. Go ahead. All right. So everyone, we're having a holiday special on rise.tv, which is our, our platform. So for those of you watching it on YouTube or Rumble or wherever you are, come over for only 9.99 a month, but actually we're having this holiday special where you get um, um what I'm sorry, it was $25 a, a month. $7 a month. Yeah. yeah. So $3 off. So um yeah, and Rob, what, what was the uh, yeah, what, so you go know. to rise.tv forward slash holidays. Holidays, yeah. I was like, yeah. is it Christmas or holidays? I couldn't remember. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yes, there's a lot of holidays. So, we come a lot on of holidays on. and lots of content over on rise.tv. Right? All I mean, right. So that's
0: holiday singular rise.tv forward slash holiday.
1: Holiday, okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Holiday.
0: Well, yeah, and then we've prepared a bunch of uh, new content for the holidays, you guys. So you'll be able to enjoy a lot of that. A lot of other miracles, too. So if you like what we're doing today, we have like highly produced episodes that are up there that are all on the subject that are just really, really cool. That'll get you way more in the mood for the holidays than any Christmas songs are going to do on the radio. So (laughs) definitely check those out. It's fine. All right. All right. Now. okay. so. Uh, this, so this question that was asked, has God ever granted you a miracle or answer to your prayer? One user replied, his name was pyman 722. His, his reply was had drug and alcohol issues before I started coming to church. I got really low, decided to go to church because I was, it was the last thing I was going to do before I was going to kill myself just to see if there was a true God. I went to adoration and confession. Don't judge. I'm a Catholic. But I walked out of church and a week later, I was no longer addicted to drugs and alcohol. No withdrawal symptoms. I've been sober for five years now and go to mass every weekend. My life is forever changed because of God.
1: That crazy. That is crazy. I I know people like that, too. Um, Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, like this power of really of God and the divine and what it's capable of is like nothing compared to anything we have on in this world. So everything's really small in comparison, but we, we, we make it really big in our head. And I think that's one of the problems. It's like, Oh, you're going through something and it seems so massive or something happened. But in reality, it's like just a wave of a hand for God and it's over. Right. (laughs) So, All right. Well, this one this next one. Okay, so th- this is getting into some really really cool stuff now, more of like historical miracles that are a little bit more famous but you may have not heard of. Um this next one's kind of long. If you like I could read half and then you could read half if you want to do it, Rob. You want to do it that way?
0: Yeah, sure if you want.
1: Okay. Yeah, okay. So this next one um is is the miraculous crucifix of limp Limpius? Limpias. limpias jesus comes to live on the cross so this is from father antonio lopez a monk explained what happened to him so he says one day in the month of august 1914 i went to the parish church of limpias to fix the electric light over the high altar in order to be able to work more comfortably I put two large cases on the altar and and on the and then a ladder the ends which I leaned against the the wall that serves as a background to the figure of the crucified one or Jesus And Rob and I will have a kind of discussion on some of these images that Dom is showing right now. After this, (laughs) We have our thoughts. But anyway, he says, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. After I worked for two hours in order to rest myself a little, I began to clean the figure, which is Jesus, so that it could be seen more clearly. It was a lovely day. And through the window in the sanctuary, a flood of light streamed into the church and lit up the whole altar. As I was gazing at the crucifix with the closest intention, I noticed with astonishment that our Lord's eyes were gradually closing. And after for five minutes, I saw them quiet, closed. I guess they were quite like, quite closed, quite closed. Yeah. So they were, they were open originally and then they were closed. So they started closing overwhelmed with fright. It's such an unexpected spe- spectacle. I could hardly quite believe what I saw, and I was about to come down from the ladder. Notwithstanding, my be- bewilderment was so great that my strength suddenly failed me. I lost my balance, fainted, and fell from the ladder onto the edge of the altar itself and down into the sanctuary. After I had somewhat recovered, I was convinced from where I lay that the eyes of the figure on the crucifix were still closed. I pulled myself together hastily and went out in order to relate what had happened and also to be medically examined for my whole body was in great pain from the fall. All right. You want to start here, Rob?
0: Sure. Yeah. A few minutes after I had left the church, I met the sacristan, not sure exactly how to pronounce that. When he saw me so agitated and covered with dust, he asked if anything had happened to me. I told him what had occurred, whereupon he said he was not surprised, as he had already heard the Santo Cristo had closed his eyes on one other occasion, and that it was probably brought about by the working of some interior mechanism. I was examined, but no wounds were found on my body and no broken bones, only a few bruises of slight importance. Thinking that the movement I had observed in the eyes of the figure was to be attributed to any uh, in any case, to a mechanism, I attached no further importance to the vision, but tried, however, to find out on what occasion this fact had already been observed, but without success, as no one would could give me any information whatsoever about the matter. Since then, I have often cleaned the crucifix and at the same time examined it minutely and am convinced that there is neither a spring nor any other mechanism on it. What's more, the eyes were so firmly fixed that even by pressing hard with one's fingers, they could not be made to move in the least, nor could they be turned in any direction, as I have proved myself again and again. Not only that, but the statue was seen by multiple other witnesses doing other subtle things in 1919. That's crazy. This yeah. is the
1: statue here, right? Yeah. And honestly, <sighs> It's this one in the first picture. Oh, okay. It is this one here. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh really amazing. But man, I, I, I have to be honest. I, I have a I've always had a hard time with the way that the mm-hmm. Catholic Church kind of depicted Jesus, especially when you see him bloodied and everything. Like I I I, I understand what they're trying to go for and, and that okay, like this was you know how much Jesus suffered. But, um, you know, Rob and I have really dived into this a lot on previous shows. And again, this is not criticizing. I'm not trying to criticize anything related to religion or Christianity or anything else. But, um, you know, I, it's I, I way kind of, overdone. It is. It is. And when you look at the Catholic Church right now and what's happening to it and the fact that, you know, the the hall, the great, the, whatever that new hall is and has the whole snake, snake thing. Inside. hall. Yeah, the snake hall that we call it and, and then the weird statue in the inside of it. that's supposed to be like Armageddon Jesus. Like, literally, it's called something like that. We should call all it of the, the Viper Villa. Yeah, and, and it's like part of me, yeah, really Viper Villa is actually a better name for it. But I mean, you know, after doing this for so long, like with the show and and really understanding this, you know, it's like, I I started thinking about it from a different perspective and it's like, wow, if, you know, if I was like this divine being that came here to save people, you know, I I definitely would want to re- be remembered in this like glorious light. Like, that's why I feel like we should, how we should show Jesus. And I think like growing up Baptist, we didn't, you know, especially the Baptist church, they don't really have images like this of Jesus. They actually have more images of Jesus, like looking very, you know, holy with like light, divine light around him and everything else.
0: Well, it's just you've got him in a state of perpetual suffering here.
1: Yes. Like, and also all of the
0: things, the cross, the crown of thorns, um, you know, all of the injury to his body, him having to carry the cross and then showing the bruises on his knees in the sculpture or painting or whatever all of these are like shameful things that he was put through. And so why should he yeah. be, why should we be looking at that one moment in history when it's like a divine being we're talking about? Here? Right. I mean, or, or like focus
1: know? on Jesus's resurrection, which is actually yeah, weird? way more amazing. Happened, more amazing. not his death. Yeah. You know? Like,
0: <laughs> like it was the resurrection. That was like the craziest part. And we even have evidence of it with the shroud of Turin. So like, why not? Yes why not talk about that instead, you know? And- yeah,
1: I know. And and honestly, like the more I was, you know, I dive into the Catholic church and what's been going on, I I, I started really coming to the conclusion that I feel like, you know, they've hi- kind of hijacked a lot of what, what happened through Jesus. And, and I'm talking more about, you know, now I'm not talking about Catholics or necessarily, you know, I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm just, you know. Going to like, what's like seeing what's happening now, especially, you know, like we're saying with the church and pope and all this stuff and everything else, I I, I honestly feel like they chose this at a certain point of Jesus because it's like, oh, well, it's almost like bragging like we killed your God and now we have him permanently nailed to a cross in this most broken and weakest form. We're actually... um, it's like where God actually went away it for, it or something. for a while because, you know, he was like, why, like, why have you forsaken me? Right. And at that point, like God left him right when he was like dying until like he actually died. And then so so it's like I feel like they want to focus on that because it's his weakest point. And then it's almost like bragging, like, look, we we permanently have your savior nailed to a cross and it's like, look, look, what we did. I, I don't know. I mean, that's what I get now when I look at these images, you know, but, but I understand for some people, it can really change them seeing Jesus like this. And it's like, wow, look what Jesus had to go through for me. And I understand it from that perspective as well. But I, I've just, it never settled well with me. I always think like, man, if Jesus was here and he looked at it, he would probably wouldn't like it that way. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Why would he want, like, think about that from his perspective. Like, would he want that? It's like, right. you could have him rising up. You could do all kinds of things. And, and like, look, I understand the perspective where like, let's say 1% or 10% of the imagery of him was of what happened because it's like, you know, the Christians were persecuted for 300 years. And it's like important to show how evil people get, but then to have it be everything, Right. It's like the only thing is where it's like, oh, <laughs> there's something there, you know.
1: Yeah, I agree. No, yeah. I mean, of course, like Jesus Jesus knew what was gonna happen ahead of time. I mean, but even you know, but you know, yeah, but, but even still... like
0: even in the images where he's carrying the cross or he is on the cross, like you should make him look noble
1: and all yeah. and like knowing, you know what I mean? Not like we or, or just constantly a light around him, you know. I mean, and that or that's something. what I feel like yeah, his his halo. And, and also like
0: Man, it like just seeing the crown of thorns on his head just like really bothers me a lot because it's like look, these jackasses from the Roman uh, em- Empire like put a crown of thorns on him to like make fun of him.
1: It's completely mocking him. It's yeah, totally. I mean, mocking. it's it's like the worst thing that they could have done. The it's like you're a king. We'll give you a crown of thorns, and it's crazy. And, and it's like wow. And like like you when know?
0: you research everything that was going on, it was really like it was really like public. What is it like? public impopular vote, I should say, that that made that. Like, Punches Pilot kind of was just, he was just a knucklehead that would listen to anything that his people wanted him to do, and he would do it just to stay in power. And so, he was kind of like whatever on this Jesus guy, and then all of these people were, like, all of these bad people were basically like, no, he needs to be put to death for all of these reasons, right. and then Punches Pilot just went along with it, and then became, like, one of the biggest knuckleheads in, in history because of <laughs> it, you know? <laughs> True. Just like, I don't, yeah, it's like every man should think for himself, you know, not be that affected by this these are the dangers of being human right there, you know
1: there's actually a um a show on uh, that was on a and e, I think, and I'm trying I think it's called a e or or a d after death, the Bible continues or something, and it was a it's only it was only on for one season, and they were going to make multiple seasons but it was like there something got a and e got purchased and i don't know if it was by discovery or what happened but anyway it was dropped they said it was because it wasn't popular but actually i think it was getting it was too popular bs and and actually it's a good series i would highly recommend it actually um it really is pretty cool and and it and yeah, they do a pretty good job. I have noticed
0: many of those being well researched, to be honest. Like, this, this,
1: I actually think this is this is good. This 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 yeah. was actually really. Good. I'd have
0: to watch. But
1: yeah, you should. You, I, I believe you. you. I would just have yeah. to watch
0: because, like, some of the things Christians and Catholics think about, like Constantine and just things that happened, or well, just it's. I mean, this is this group. is
1: still. Like it's still Jesus' disciples, so it's not. It's okay. not that far, far yet. You know, it's it's actually like right after. It's I mean, Jesus is still part of it, and then, you know, he he dies. And it kind of I think it starts right right when he's when they right when he's on the cross, and then, then it kind of goes on from there. And it's really about Peter more than anything else. I would say the the main character is Peter, which is one of the. I'm not sure about that guy. I have some friends who are super
0: Christian who were like, there are some guys that are, were around Jesus where they were like, this guy was worse than Judas. And I'm like, I never know (laughs) what to believe anymore. You know, I'm like, whatever. But anyway, the examples were left in history. Y'all judge for yourself.
1: All right. Do you want to do This This next one is really cool. Why don't you do that?
0: Yeah. This divine figure in a photo. So in 1968, People in the Zayton district of Cairo, Egypt, reported seeing an apparition of an illuminated woman walking on the roof of a Coptic church. Check this out. Many considered this to be an apparition of the Virgin Mary. The event was reportedly seen. You can see it right up there, right? Right above the uh, the windows at
1: the top. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, can you zoom in, Dom? And maybe you can. So uh, so it looks like the famous image where she has a halo around her head. Yes. And she's like like this. She's doing this. Yeah. 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 And she's doing this. Yeah. You can see it now.
0: Okay. So the event was reportedly seen by many onlookers and even captured in photographs. So far, no one has found evidence that these photos were manipulated. The head of the Coptic church in Alexandria declared this a legitimate miracle. That's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. This is cool. There's so many of these things that are that are actually happening now. It's just the mainstream media kind of stop talking about this stuff or or they make excuses for for you yeah, know, these things that happen,
0: and then we talk about it and they call us crazy conspiracy theorists. <laughs> central, <laughs> of YouTube,
1: <laughs> I know uh, yes, science has become their religion anyway, so true, this is true. you say. It's like, well, if science can't explain it, then it's not real or it's in your head or you're crazy. So, well, I it's... think
0: um, I think also like a lot of Christians have a beef with like why why people regard um, Mary as being like anything important. Right. But I mm-hmm. think you have to understand, like, even though the saints weren't maybe at the level of Jesus himself, when we're talking about some of the saints that had cultivated to a high level around jesus their missions were not small like they were great uh historical missions and you know it's very possible that mary magdalene did become divine even if it's not at the height or the level of jesus and so you know again i think there's this uh i don't want to get too into it but there's like a lot of right. out there with, with there is there
1: and and, and, and another thing is too is like what you were talking about you know, um, with Mary, because I'm not, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be careful when I say this and I'm not trying to offend anybody or whatever, but, 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 you know, again, we don't really know what, what has been changed that, that, uh yeah. um, the night, the three, what is it? The 327, a D, the um the Council of Ni- the Council Nicaea. Council of Nicaea. Yeah. I mean, we really don't know what exactly happened during that those meetings, and that was the most important aspect because that was what was defining what Christian which Christianity was and what was really going to be in the Bible and what was not going to be in the Bible. And um and you know, some people believe that the the Mary is um Mary Mag like Mary Magdalene, like you like the follower of jesus not jesus's mother but actually no. there's a lot um, of
0: confusion about that, that
1: yeah too. yeah yeah
0: and <sighs> and, I, and actually like i so we just produced on metaphysical a episode on the council of nicaea um and i highly recommend everybody watches it oh because wow yeah. we go through the whole story and ben and i did a lot of work on this too when ben and rob ruined christmas um in one of those episodes. We did. that's right Um, but, but this, this one's interesting because it goes through a lot of the history and talks about what was going on at the council of Nicaea. So if you're really interested in that, I highly recommend watching it. And John and I do a lot of legwork to kind of carefully explain what happened there. And, um, yeah. So if you guys want to check
1: that out, you should. You know what I found out, Robin, and this could be actually a, I, I actually, well, I kind of think this is a Mandela effect now, but. The word trilogy, or I'm sorry, uh, trinity, 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 yeah, It's not in the Bible. No, it's
0: not because that was a thing that was introduced after 100. I had no idea. Yeah. I I don't I know. Didn't. I was like, is this
1: a Mandela effect, or is it just like oh. something that we just think? And no, it's just, dude, but it's I don't want to get Bible. into
0: this here. I'll get a lot of <laughs> <things>. <laughs> but there's a yeah. lot of stuff that got introduced that is honestly not, not.
1: originally Jesus's like. Yeah, it, 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 it came
0: out of nowhere and everybody recognizes it as canon and it's not. It's not. Yeah.
1: There's there's a lot actually yeah. and that's what's kind of complicated. And again, I'm not eh, yeah. Well,
0: it's like it's like this thing that people well well they all decided it at the council, so it must be that way and it's like just cuz just cuz things went that way, it's human beings doing this stuff. But there's some folly that man has where they they I don't know, they're they often are naive to the faults of man, which have well, ruined everything throughout history. To be quite yeah, honest. and the
1: other aspect is is that the people that were doing all this, like even even if they had really good intentions and pure and everything else, no one was at the level that Jesus was his understanding. So it's like they're they're trying exactly. to, put, to put together what no. Jesus said three hundred years later, but they call it the Word of God, and it's yeah, like, and then it's that's like
0: not Jesus. He didn't I say mean, that.
1: And and that's like when you it's honestly when you read Mary Magdalene's um her her uh book her book it's mind blowing and no they no one could really ha- they all had a hard time accepting it the disciples did because her vision was so intense that it's like we'll just leave this out because it's almost it's just, we don't even understand it and it's just too much. And it's like, well, is that like, what, you know? So, so that, you know, that's why I think that if, if someone doesn't, if Jesus said something and you, you can't really, then you're going to either interpret it in your own understanding or in your own words, or you just leave it out. And, and I think there's a lot of that. And, um, and that's what kind of makes me, you know, not, yeah. And, yeah. you know,
0: I think the other thing that just, it bothers me that isn't recognized is like, there is this, overconfidence in what like, just because a large group of people have listened to a couple of priests that said it's this way because they read it in the Bible this way. doesn't mean it's actually that way. Like it's, it's just that dude's understanding of what's in the Bible. And like, you actually are supposed to come to your own understanding and that's okay. It's okay to have your own understanding of how these things work and to develop spiritually on your own path. You know what I mean? Within I'm not even saying outside of Christianity, even within, you know, like so it just it it really kind of anyway, we're we're getting a little
1: uh, (laughs) actually uh, um on this note, real quick, sure one of my friends, so he has like a a big eBay um channel thing. He sells lots of stuff and and so people will bring him different things to sell. And right in fact, today I was just looking at it, he has a Bible from 1887, and there's like Different things that are in this Bible than what what's in our Bible. So there's like different books. There there's some of them are are longer than, you know, for, 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 um, and whatnot. And we were looking through it, and it's like he's like I don't even know how much. Like I don't even know how to even rate how much this thing costs, but it's massive. And the and there, there are like hand painted paintings in this. There are pictures. Oh my god, it's beautiful. So. I have some photos. I'll send it to Dom here. But yeah, it's it.
0: like what changed in there? Like we don't even know. And we know yeah. that the the Bibles were originally translated from um, from Hebrew, but also from Greek. And then they were translated in a way that may not be accurate just because King James didn't doesn't mean his hand was controlled by God and that he didn't add in some of his own things like the on the topic of the Elohim is like a perfect like example where the Elohim means gods, not God. Mm-hmm. Elohim meant group of gods created such and such. And it's constantly talked about in a way that is now singular. And it's like, it's okay that it says that. And it's okay that it says gods. That doesn't necessarily mean there isn't one true God up there above it all. But it's like, right, you know, there's just, that, I don't that's know.
1: Thing. Yeah. I yeah, mean, right. it, it was, yeah, I'm running, again, I don't it's want like to, it's like if somebody anybody, okay, but... dude,
0: here's my, here's like a perfect example. If you see an angel come down and it flies down and it's like in all of its divine glory and you aren't aware of like you're just a human being and you're not even like let's say you weren't even aware of Christianity. You would see that thing and you'd be like, that's a God.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So like yeah. If, if you're just using that loose word to describe multiple different beings, but there's of course a creator divine creator above it all you know, that doesn't make it wrong.
1: Well, you know? I'm also like, I, I, and I truly believe like if, if any being in that space or who is like truly right underneath God or the divine creator could also just create life because everything is out of pure compassion and love.
0: Yeah. We don't and, know, and how, like, but, but we yeah. don't know how these things work. Right. No, like it really. could, it could be like, that yeah. could be completely true. And it's like, None of us here would be able to accept any of that because we have all of these notions we've given ourselves about what constitutes God and what doesn't, and that was blatantly obvious at the Council of Nicaea. Like these yeah. turkeys that were there discussing this stuff didn't seem to know a whole lot. It was pretty shocking. Like some of the arguments that were there and all of that stuff. Right. Anyway,
1: well, then, and the other aspect is, was there an agenda? Like, you know, women was, were left totally, out of the Bible. You know,
0: totally agendas there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So most
0: of it was socio political. Believe it or not. Um. Anyway, let's get yeah, on. Okay, here. we're no. getting
1: off topic. Sorry, guys. <laughs> really, we're not trying to offend anybody here. No, you know? I mean, look, we're just righteousness to to is righteousness, end. and yeah.
0: people that are righteous often have crazy experiences, like Joseph of Cupertino, which we're going to go into next. Ben, did you want to read this?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. will get into. So, we actually talked about this, and I think we have a supernormal ability episode or something we've done a way back, and we actually mentioned the story one time. But so, uh, Saint Joseph of Cupert- Cupertino. So he started having visions as a child, and was made—he was being made fun of. Um, I can definitely relate to that. (laughs) Hey, you guys want to play a trailer before we get into this? Oh yeah, sure. Sorry, thanks, Tom. Tom. We'll play a trailer, and then we'll get it. We'll we'll explain more of
2: this. Okay, thank you. The TV is biased and chaotic. The movies are cliche and boring. The Matrix is taking over.
0: Where can I find some good entertainment for goodness sake?
2: Well, look no further. Get our streaming platform, rise.tv, for 25% off. Hundreds of videos, positivity, humor, and deep dives into mysteries and metaphysical topics. What more could I ask for? Want to hear the truth about Bigfoot? Near-death experiences? The evils of communism, ancient civilizations, and supernatural things? Rise.tv has you covered. I used to be sad, lonely, and depressed. Not anymore.
1: You'll love interacting with awesome people on Rise.tv. There's so much to watch. Ben and Rob are great.
0: Those guys always make me forget the world is falling apart.
2: Subscribe to Rise.tv yourself, or give your loved ones the gift of true, uncensored information. For the holidays, the yearly subscription is more than 25% off. That's just $7 a month. I want Rise.tv for
1: Christmas. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's
0: cute at the end
1: so again you guys you can go to uh, rise.tv slash holiday and get um, uh, get us for um 799 instead of uh, $9.99. $7 a month actually $7 a month I'm sorry yeah so $7 it's rise.tv
0: forward slash holiday and you'll have access to our full volumes of work over 400 videos probably close to 500 now on all kinds of things. Um, and yeah, it'll keep you uh, watching and interested for a really long time. We've probably done stuff on, oof, gosh, we've researched everything. So we have shows on everything <laughs> out there that you could possibly be interested in.
1: Anything you can think a lot of
0: fun stuff. You. And um,
1: yeah, don't let this
0: pass you by because uh, it's only the month of December that this deal is, is going to be on. And uh, once it's gone, you know, the price will go back up to, um, you know, our, our normal 999 a month. So, Definitely um, jump in while you can and join our rise.tv community. Who's awesome. They've been with us for a really long time and they're just a, just a super positive group of people that we love to hang out with every, every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Um, yeah. So anyway, Ben, we're, we're yeah. talking about Joseph of Cupertino here. Yeah,
1: Joseph of Cupertino. So yeah. Okay. So kind of going back, he started having visions as a child Um, He was drawn to religion and tried to become a a friar, but was rejected because of his lack of education. There he is on the right. Pretty lame. Yeah. Um, He was accepted as a, as a, a a friar at another location, but as a lay brother. He was dismissed from that location because he kept having, oh, sorry, my gosh. Keep having these things pop up having
0: visions and experiences that made him unfit for his duties. Yeah, I wonder
1: what that means exactly. Right. He begged the friars near uh Cupertino to be allowed to serve in their uh stables. Impressed the monks so much with his, he impressed the monks so much with his devotion and simplicity that he was admitted to the order finally in 1625 he was ordained as a priest in 1628 and he went to convent con, he went to convent outside Cupertino and spent 15 years there okay you want to read the rest of these yeah
0: sure so joseph began experiencing levitation during mass or in or in other locations he developed a reputation for being holy because people were witnessing his behavior.
1: A lot of people were witnessing yeah. his, behavior. his
0: superiors claimed that he was disruptive because, you know, he'd be. OK, so anyway, he was put in a small cell and forbidden from joining the public like he'd be in church and he'd start floating in church because he was so pious.
1: Yeah, he was so like so they would be reading in church, reading scripture, and he was so moved by what he was reading that he would be brought to tears And then he literally would just start rising up in the air.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is where it gets super messed up because, you know, the Inquisition and the Inquisition, you know, a lot of people were terrified because of witchcraft and stuff. And since he was levitating and flying all the time, he was basically denounced. And at the command of the Inquisition, he was transferred around several times. And. Yeah, at 1657, he was allowed to finally join a convent community and he soon died. It's a rough, rough life, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's, uncontrollable ability. It kind of shows in a lot of ways that the leaders of, of churches and I, you know, I'm not I'm not saying all of them and I'm not trying to pinpoint or poked fingers at anybody in particular, except for maybe the Pope, but, um, but, <laughs> <I'm not> <laughs> but <laughs> trying to point fingers, except at the Pope, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but no, it's, it, it just shows that, you know, they may, they may be more looking at this as a job, like, Oh, look, look at what I got, you know, or I'm at this level or I'm so-and-so, or I'm very important person. Yeah. And here's just somebody who's just an average, um, friar at the time and just was like, you know, it just shows that his devotion and um, just so much more. I mean, you could say like his, um, his overall character and level of what he understands and who he is at his core is just so much purer because it's like, he's doing it for the right reason. He's he has no, he has no intention other than like, I just want to immerse myself in the word of God and that's it. I don't want anything else. And I just, I just want it to move me and it moved him so much that he could just start flying. around, <laughs> Right. And then they're like, this guy is totally insane. We need to get him out of here. And it's like, no, it's just because you guys can't reach that level of being that pirates and being that um, devoted and being that pure. So it's just kind of interesting what happens. It's almost like it's almost like they get more jealous than anything else of like, oh, yeah, we got to get this guy out of here because we can't do this. And it looks bad for us because we're the leaders of the church and we don't even know what's going on.
0: Well, and I think for people at home that might not think that this is real, if your if your heart and your mind are. Are lighter than your body. If it's more, if it's so pure that it can make your entire body that light. And, and I think it's like, it's not just one person who's experienced this in history, which we're going to get into right now, because there's Mm -hmm. other, there's other monks from around the world that have experienced this, even in other, even in other, um, quote unquote religions or whatever, you know? So like this guy, his name was the Mad Monk Fung Bo. Now, Yue Fei was a nat- national Chinese hero and great military general in the Southern Song Dynasty, which was from 1127 through 1279 AD. Yeah, Yue Fei is like
1: the the Chinese yeah. version of the the 300. It was like he led only 800 troops against like 10,000 and still won.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. It was it was way more than that. It was like yeah, it was 000. actually way more than that. You're right. might actually, I think it was more like hundred thousand. It, 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 it was like, like it was 800 ridiculous. against like hundred thousand, yeah. and they still won the battle. Yeah. yeah. There's
0: a lot of crazy stuff about general UFA in general. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was this guy named Chin Hui, who was a wicked royal official. So after having UFA imprisoned on false charges, Chin went to Ling Yin Temple to have his fortune told. But Qin was met by a laughing monk, Feng Bo, who was also called the Mad Monk. Feng Bo told him, quote, the principles of heaven are clear. Loyalty and treachery are self-evident. Goodness and evil will be met by reward or retribution. You as the prime minister hold a lot of power. Why do you want to murder a man who is as important to the country as a pillar of a house? Does the safety of the nation mean nothing to you? Chin countered, who is that pillar of the country? <laughs> Fung Bo screamed, General UFA.
1: <laughs>
0: when Chin seemed unaffected by his words, Fung Bo laughed and said, what a fool. Repent now before it's too late. He then grabbed a broom and raked it across the prime minister's face and quickly ran off. Fleeing, embarrassed, Chin returned to the palace, a defeated man. The boldness of the monk caught the attention of the common folk. It is said he would appear in crowded areas and begin to sweep the floor, even in the cleanest of places, and proclaim sweeping chin as a reminder to the people that they should band together to eliminate the traitor chin from office. Man, imagine if we had a monk like that today in today's Washington, D.C. or other (laughs) places in the world. Wow, it would be a lot of sweeping monks. A lot of sweeping monks.
1: Yeah, and you know that would definitely be more peaceful protesting for sure. And actually, in some in some cases, um, his name here we're calling him Feng Bo, but um, in some other cases, it's, his name is Monk Ji Gong. So I guess he has different names.
0: Oh yeah, Ji Gong. And,
1: was- a- and actually, um, the that Chi- um, the Chinese um, dance performance, Shen Yun, they they actually had one of one of their performances of of this exact scenario that we, that you just read. Right. So that was one of the, um, dance performances they have in their show. So it was pretty fun. It was, it was cute. It was good. <laughs> All right. Wow. We still have a few, some time left so we can get into, um, soccer.
0: Yeah. There's only a couple more, so we should be able to get these bef- through these before we go to our Q and a.
1: Yep. Okay. So we have Socrates in the the oracle of Delphi. 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 Sorry. So after his service in this war, Socrates devoted himself to his favorite pastime, the pursuit of truth. His reputation as a philosopher, literally meaning a lover of wisdom, soon spread all over Athens and beyond, as we all know, of course. When told that the Oracle of Delphi, Delphi had revealed to one of his friends that Socrates was the wisest man in Athens, he responded not by boasting or celebrating, but by trying to prove the Oracle wrong. Can you can you imagine that? That's so, so great. So Socrates. That's what I love dis- about this guy. Yeah, I know so he's so humble. So he decided that he would try to find out if anyone knew what was truly worthwhile in life. Because anyone who knew that would surely be wiser than him. He set out que- about questioning everyone he could find, but no one could get him give him a satisfactory answer. Instead, they all pretended to know something that they clearly did not. <laughs> <laughs> finally he realized the oracle might be right after all because
0: everyone was so much more stupid around him
1: <laughs> yeah he was the wisest man in athens because he alone was prepared to admit his own ignorance rather than pretend to know something he did not and i remember one of the quotes was like how can i be the wisest man because I, I don't even know anything like how can i be wise and the response was That is that is precisely why you're the wisest man, because you realize you know nothing.
0: (laughs) Well, and I want to paint a picture of like ancient Greece here, which is all Socrates would do would be to go into elites offices, essentially, have a conversation with them. And by the end of the conversation, he'd just be like, so you don't know anything (laughs) like you. So you just sat here for a half hour explaining to me what you know, and you don't know anything like This is absurd. Like, you know, nothing like there's nothing that you can be sure of that you just told me. And so Socrates was literally put to death because he pissed off so many elites just by like explaining to them that they didn't know anything. And he was trying to he was trying to, I think, promote the idea of being a philosopher, which in his culture meant like a cultivator, essentially. Right. Right. Exactly. But can you imagine a culture so messed up that you put someone to death? because they insulted you or you felt insulted by something well, they did.
1: It's not you know? much different than what's going on today <laughs> except they don't put us put you to death but they will uh delete your YouTube account or <laughs> or, or like yeah, <laughs> no true you, but
0: But death is an order of magnitudes greater than, you know what I mean? It's like, it's true. It's true. It's like making someone drink poison to their death just because you didn't like something they said. Like, is that the next step
1: here? You know what I mean? Like, I know it's insane. It really is. And, um, and, and that, and I think that's, you know, when you realize that you, you're coming from a point well like i'm i'm human right and i'm i only know what i know and i don't i don't know much about really what's out there that it's like you're you're actually wanting to seek what's out there and you're more willing to you're more open to things because you don't have these notions that are blocking you like well it's the world is like this so therefore i'm only going to accept things that fits my understanding in this box where it's like when you're open like that, you're like, okay, I realize that there's not much, there's still so much that I don't know, and I want to know more of what's out there. So I'm just going to go into it with an open mind and try right. to understand the truth. And that's like, you know, it's a little different then. And I think that's where he was coming from. So I always like that story. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me
0: too.
1: Yeah. All right. You want to do Michelangelo and then we'll finish up here and move on to Rise TV.
0: Speaking of the Oracle of Delphi, uh, who Michelangelo painted in his Sistine Chapel, actually. That's um, true. Michelangelo is, has a lot of quotes here. I'll read the first few, Ben. Maybe you can read the last three. Mm-hmm. So these are some Michelangelo quotes that are pretty inspiring. He said, genius is eternal patience you know like grasp that right (laughs) genius is eternal patience
1: four four words and it actually makes you really like think about what what is being said there
0: (laughs) i know there's so many ways i can improve just based off of that one quote um all right number two every beauty which is seen here by persons of perception resembles more than anything else that celestial source from which we are all come Uh, Quote, many believe and I believe that I have been designated for this work by God. In spite of my old age, I do not want to give up. I work out of love for God and I put all my hope in him. Why don't you go hit these next ones? Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. So then he says, my soul can find no staircase to heaven unless it be through earth's loveliness. And he says, the true work of art is but a shadow of the divine perfection. Mm, True. That's that's a really cool quote there. Um, And then the last one is, the promises of this world are, for the most part, vain phantoms. And to confide in oneself and become something of worth and value is the best and safest course.
0: That's a great quote.
1: Yeah, it sure is.
0: One more time. We got to read that again. The promises of this world are, for the most part, vain phantoms, and to confide in oneself and become something of worth and value is the best and safest course. This guy was not normal at all.
1: No, definitely not. He's
0: like a philosopher artist.
1: (laughs) So true.
0: All right, well, you guys, we're going to go over to Rise.TV now. We're going to conduct a uh, live Q&A with our audience who's over there in our community. Um, we often talk about really, really fun and interesting things that we don't get to talk about here um, on um, our public platforms. And it's a way that you can uh, you can support our work. So if you would like to uh, hang out with us a little bit more, please think about going to our holiday site, Rise.TV forward slash holiday, joining up for $7 a month. And we will give you endless joy in return. That's a promise. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, anyway, Ben, thanks for being here. Did you have anything else to add?
1: Oh, we're also going to have our meditation slash prayer at the end um, that don't forget. So we'll have that at the last 10 minutes of the show. And we'll get into your questions that you guys asked us on our on our live chat. So thanks for hanging out with you guys. And I hope you enjoyed the episode.
0: All right. See you over there on Rise.TV.
1: A celestial object threatens captured soldiers, but their faith changes everything. Three cosmic events converge on the same day, and nobody knows why. A mysterious sound targets people when they least suspect it, setting off a UFO hunt for years to come. What was the Warminster thing? Do unexplained events
0: and supernatural occurrences expose that something more is going on in our world? What are the most amazing otherworldly stories of Christmas
1: that nobody's talking about? Join Edge of Wonder for unexplained events and a supernatural Christmas.